the only social media app that doesn't tell you what the Chinese government wants you to hear. Or the FBI either. The coercive power of government. Download the free Seville 1075 app. Surveillance mics sold separately. Joe Thomas in the morning. Thank you for letting us be of service to you. Joel brought this up in his conversation just a moment ago when he called in, and uh, we were running up on the news. I, I bad radio form. I should have promoted the fact that we we're going to talk a little bit about Ukraine um, and the spending spending priorities uh, coming up with. Uh, and I'm never sure is it Ambassador Gilmore, is it Governor Gilmore, uh, or just uh, Roxanne's husband, Ashton's dad. I don't know, but uh, he is the former governor of the Commonwealth, former ambassador, uh, Jim Gilmore. Uh, Jim, how are you doing this morning, sir? Uh, good morning, Joe. Glad to have a chance to talk to your friends in Charlottesville. Uh, absolutely, sir. So, so there's a Reagan Foundation survey that shows that the American people, and I, and I get where they are because every time I see a, a, a civilian uh, exercising their Second Amendment right to defend their neighborhood against an invading army, I think this is such um, a, a reminder of why the Second Amendment is such an important part of our liberties here in the United States. But there's also a ton of you know issues that go on once you get to the leadership in Ukraine. Uh, but it seems that the American people are kind of where I am. They see the civilians trying to fight back against um, these invaders. Um, is is that what this Reagan Foundation survey is saying regarding um, Americans' support for helping the Ukrainian people kick out these uh, invading, occupying armies? Uh, it does, Joe. Look, they, this is a very, very deep, probably the most critical issue that the United States faces now. And I recognize that we're a little distracted by the Israeli war, which is also a, a very important place and uh, a very important point for American security. But Ukraine is the game. It's the whole deal. If the Russia is able to uh, to conquer Ukraine by force and atrocity, then they have not only taken the biggest first step to reassembling their empire, but they're also uh, reestablishing a whole new way of international relations, which is based on force and atrocity and rape and murder. And by the way, which is very similar to what the complaint is in Israel right now uh, with the Israeli war by Hamas. Uh, and it changes the entire world. And at that point, sooner or later, like in World War II, the United States will be drawn into a major world war. I would like to prevent that. And I'm glad that the that the Reagan uh, survey does still so show support by the entire United States people for the Ukrainian war. But the the results which I'm looking at right now are pretty consistent, Joe, pretty consistent. And that is showing a strong support for the Ukrainian war by the, the Democrats, an overall uh, majority support by all Americans, but uh, not as good a support from Republicans, my party. Uh, and it's, a, it's about 50 percent in the Republican mm -hmm. Party. And that uh, is because I think a lack of, of really good leadership in the Republican Party, a lack of good national leadership, a bit of a reaction against Joe Biden, President Biden. Uh, but the main point is that Republican leadership is not doing the job. And I respectfully don't believe Virginians in the legislature, in the state Congress are doing the job either. I think they need to start really leading uh, the, and informing people of the real true, true danger here that has to be addressed. 
Well, is is some of this, though, what we're seeing, you know, on Hunter Biden's laptop um, and and the interactions and and the connections between President Biden, his family, uh, what seems to be their way of making extra cash on the side and the Ukrainian government, uh, even going back to the influence that the Obama administration uh, wielded to to lean on the elections in Ukraine, uh, because I think that's where a lot of my listeners feel that there's some question, not so much with Ukrainian citizens, but with the government of Ukraine and what are we supporting. I'd like to believe that when this is over, Volodymyr Zelensky is going to find a whole different population than he went into this with. And I don't think they're going to give up their, their arms as quickly as he thinks they are. Um, because I have friends in Ukraine who said that they've been told, oh, when this is done, you have to turn over your weapons to the government again. Uh, and I just don't uh, I don't support that idea. I want to see a population armed and ready to defend itself against totalitarianism, even if it comes from within. Well, listen, I'm a, one of the strongest supporters of the Second Amendment because I know how it preserves individual uh, liberties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not aware that the Ukraine government is trying to talk about disarming its population, but uh, that would be a bad thing. But on the other hand, this is all beside the point right now. Uh, anything that was wrong with the Ukrainian government before this invasion, this government has changed. Uh, it has a new leader. The people are resolved. Their younger men and even their older men are all in muddy trenches right now, freezing in the wintertime mm-hmm. in order to protect their country. Uh, we Americans need to understand the sacrifices that are being made by other people because the, my main message to Joe, Joe this, to your listeners this morning is this Ukraine war is, number one, it's the hinge of history. It is the most important point. It threatens Europe. Europe if mm-hmm. Europe is compromised, that threatens the existence of the United States of America. This war is about America. It's not about just Ukraine. This is about American safety. It's about mm-hmm. America's future. If uh, this goes haywire, if this goes wrong, then I think the United States is going to have to prepare for a real war sometime in the future. And I would like that to not have to happen. What a, and, and as an ambassador and a man who's been you know, at the pointed end of the spear when it comes to diplomacy and diplomatic uh, matters um, for quite some time, Jim, um, Nigel Farage, uh, former British MP, wrote a, a scholarly piece and went back through the relations between the West and the fallen Soviet Union, mainly Russia, uh, under Yeltsin, and and pointed to several places where the West could have been less con- confrontational, especially with the Yeltsin administration, um, and not bringing Putin in. Are there lessons to be learned in this if Putin loses this? Certainly, I don't think he survives as president of, of Russia anymore. But, but the West's attitude towards Russia um, after this is all said and done? Well, it may have very well been a missed opportunity. I haven't read uh, Nigel Farage's uh, article. I'll try to read that because it sounds right. Uh, look, we could have been, this was a moment in 91 when we could have actually turned Russia into a more positive direction. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen, and we have to understand the world we're in right now. Right. And uh, okay. Vladimir Putin is trying to reassemble the Russian Empire. He is trying to compromise the politics, not just of Europe, but also of the United States. Uh, we are in a war. And if this uh, thing goes wrong, and we can't mm-hmm. allow it to go wrong, then at that point, uh, you're going to encourage an incursion in Taiwan. You're going to continue to see a deterioration in the Middle East. 
And the United States can pretend that it's not true, like we did during the isolationist period before World War II. We could pretend that we could just come home and ignore all these things. We could pretend on all that and get, get distracted in other issues. But the fact is that if we do that, we're going to in, end up uh, in, a, in a major conflict in the future. If this goes wrong, uh, I'm going to start uh, talking to my fellow Republicans and to all Americans about where we have to go from here. And that, uh, Joe, is going to have to be a general rearmament. I just, uh, we're not... I, I, just, I just got an email. It says, shout out to Governor Gilmore. He remembered and revered his state employees, Maynard, writes in uh, saying that uh, uh, he thanks you for helping the uh, state employees get a good pay raise when you were working as governor of the Commonwealth there, uh, Governor. And, and, I, and, and I get what you said, but certainly as an ambassador to the Organization of European States, uh, for President uh, Trump, it, it, it's important for us to look at how all these countries are viewing it because these these are not the same kind of countries we are. They're they're looking at um, <clears throat> similar scenarios. Last question, and you mentioned our congressional representatives. There's a debate in Congress regarding funding, more funding to go to Ukraine to help support um, Zelensky and and his defense against Russia, but tying it to our southern border and and helping our border security there is that right wrong what would you be advising people to do if you were uh, back as the ambassador or even back as governor well listen i think it's right that we need to do something to restore the integrity of the southern border i think that is a republican issue and i think it's correct now it's a tactic to tie the uh, very essential fund funding of uh, of israel and ukraine to that in order to try to leverage the, the, the correct support for the southern border to these other essential funding issues. Mm-hmm. But I just want to remind everybody that's listening to me that this funding for Ukraine is the hinge of history. If this goes wrong, there's going to be a lot of trouble up the road and very, very dangerous situation uh, for the United States. Uh, I was in Europe. I was the ambassador there. I visited uh, Ukraine entirely separately from that, uh, and I know what's going on. Uh, and mm-hmm. the fact is that the Europeans will follow American leadership if we lead. Uh, and the fact is that this uh, support that the Reagan uh, survey is showing is encouraging. But we've got to also rally the Republicans to not be uh, led by false leaders uh, to uh, to try to become a, once more appeasers the way the Chamberlain was to Hitler. Oh, gosh, uh, no. we, can't, we, can't, yeah. we can't allow that to happen this time. We need to learn the lessons of history. Well, and certainly, luckily for us, the Israeli Defense Force is uh, kicking kicking butt as pretty much you would expect them to, uh, as uh, most people would say. Any anyone who serves in the Israeli military is uh, tough as tough as leather, uh, and uh, and they are very clearly saying, you know, we can we we're handling this. You you guys, you know, make sure you know what's going on but uh, i think they can handle it pretty well governor gilmore what are you working on before we have to let you go beyond uh, working with this reagan foundation and the survey that they did on the um, on the ukraine war well i'm not working with them i'm just observing it as you point out and i think that it's a very healthy thing to to see what i'm really doing right now is trying to devote my attention to foreign policy generally i appreciated the shout out by the way from your listener i've always respected state employees uh, and all employees. When mm-hmm. I was the ambassador in Europe, I respected my State Department employees because these people work very hard, and I recognize that. Uh, but uh, the fact is what I'm doing right now is working on the foreign policy issues uh, as well, every now and then from commenting on state issues, as I, I think I'm entitled to do. Mm-hmm. 
But my real focus right now is to try to bring the learning and experience that I had as United States ambassador under President Trump back into the public forum here and really talk about the emergency that I think we're facing. Well, you you mentioned Republican leadership, and I feel like Detective Columbo when I do this. Yeah, I know I said the last one was the last one, but tomorrow night's the next GOP presidential debate. Four of the five candidates there are any of them. You know, you, said, you mentioned you worked for President Trump, so obviously you, you believe he gets it. Um, I guess I don't want to put words in your mouth, um, but uh, who gets it on this stage uh, the way you would like them to, Governor Gilmore? Just for the listeners' edification. Well, I'm certainly not doing any kind of endorsements at this point uh, because the, uh, the, these Republican candidates, uh, again, President Trump looks like he's going to be the nominee. Uh, and he has uh, been has given very mixed messages regarding foreign policy. But I know when I was ambassador in Europe, nobody in the Trump administration tried to stop me from taking a strong stand against the Russians and about uh, atrocities mm-hmm. and about invasions and exercising American leadership. Nobody tried to stop me from doing that. Okay. So I uh, really believe that President Trump's going to be okay on this. As far as uh, the other candidates, uh, uh, Nikki Haley is right. Uh, Chris Christie is right, although he's certainly not my choice. Uh, DeSantis is wobbling and wavering, and Ramaswamy is absolutely wrong. So oh, that wow. that's just kind of the way we have to look at these things tomorrow night, in my view. Well, thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. And I'll call you Jim because it's just like, you know, you and me, we're, we're just a couple of guys talking about <laughs> This, this old morning. home week, old home week. That's so right. We it's so good to catch leadership. up with you. Uh, former governor of the Commonwealth, ambassador to Europe as well. Uh, Jim, uh, you have a great morning and Merry Christmas to you and the whole family. Merry Christmas to you, Joe, and to all your listeners in Charlottesville. I'm there frequently now. AM, FM, streaming, and now delivered by smartphone app. All free, always free. Inflation proof information. WCHV. <laughs>